We're in a series called Walking with God Through Uncertainty. And I want you to take out your notes because we got a lot to cover in this short period of time. Life, I think you would agree, can really wear you down where you have nothing left to give. And I'm sure you've been at that point in this pandemic war with COVID. There have been times, no doubt, where you have thought, you know what, it just seems like there's one battle after another battle after another battle. I argue with my spouse. I fight with my kids. I struggle with debt. I'm losing the war when it comes to my weight. How does our good shepherd help us when we feel like that? When you are in a war and you are fighting one battle after another battle after another battle, how does he lift you up when you are worn down and not after the battle is over? Because that's easy to do. How does he do it during the battle? Well, like I said, we're in a series called Walking with God Through Times of Uncertainty out of Psalms 23. And in that psalm are six verses that give us 12 pictures of God himself. And we've taken a look at seven of those. We have discovered that God is a good God and he is good all the time. That God is the God of all resources. That he is the God of rest. That he is a God who likes to rebuild or restore. That he is a God who leads us. He is the God of our valleys. He is the God of all comfort. And today we're going to discover that he is the master chef. Today we're going to look at verse 5. And in that verse there are three pictures. But we're only going to look at one of them because this verse is just packed with truth. In verse 5 it says this. You prepare a banquet for me in the front, in front of my enemies. Now that is a pretty simple statement. What does that mean? This was written 3,000 years ago. What does that mean? How, how does this apply to me today? Well, in order to answer that question, we're going to tear this verse apart word by word by asking ourselves, four questions. What kind of banquet is this? Who are the enemies? What does this banquet symbolize? And what's on the menu? So get out your notes if you haven't already, because we're jumping into this. First, what kind of banquet is this? It says you pre prepare a banquet for me in, the, in front of my enemies. I want you to circle the word you. That means God. And I want you to write down, God is the host. Whatever we talk about this morning, I want you to understand that this banquet is God's idea. Can you imagine the honor of getting an invitation from the major chief chef from God himself, indicating to you that you are on the A-list. You'd be so excited about that, you wouldn't even be able to go to sleep. 
The next morning, you would wake up, and if you were a guy, you'd go out and you'd buy a suit. And you'd take the shoes that you already own and you'd shine them. If you were a woman, you would go out and you would buy a dress. And then you'd go out and buy five pairs of shoes just to find the right one that would match that outfit. That's the difference between guys and gals, okay? But you would be excited because God, the chief chef, has invited you to dinner. Then it says, prepare. What does that mean? Will you write this down? It's well prepared. In other words, it's been thought through. This isn't some spontaneous banquet. It's not some event that just kind of came off the cuff. No, the major chef, God himself, has thought this through. It's not like you and I, when we come home and say, hey, what's for dinner? I don't know, I forgot to plan something. Let's just go out to eat. No, God has thought this through. Now, that word banquet in the Hebrew is literally table. Some translations translate, you prepare a table before me. But that table is not just any old table. No, the the word there means a king's table. It's not a TV tray. It's not a Formica kitchenette table. It's not a folding table. No, this is the king's table. It's one of those long tables that you see in a castle that would seat, I don't know, 50 to 100 people. This table is sacred It it is sacred and it is special. And and the food that is on it, that banquet, it has been thought through. The next phrase is for me. And I want you to write down, I'm the guest of honor. I don't know if you remember the movie with Will Ferrell, the anchor man. His phrase was, I'm kind of a big deal. This banquet, it's for you and for the king. It's for you. You are the big cojona. You are the big deal. And then it says, in front of, in front of my enemies. What is this about? Will you write this down? It's in public, and it's not in secret. People are going to be watching you eat with the king. It's it's in public. It's not a private kind of gathering. No, it's in public. God wants to see you honored, and he wants everybody to see this. It's not in secret. It's in public. And then it says, my enemies, in front of my enemies. What is this about? Will you write this down? It is on the battlefield. He's saying, I'm going to prepare a banquet for you. And all of your enemies are are going to see you and I eat together. This banquet isn't just for the good times, when when the battle is over. No, it's when 
the enemy is attacking. When they are attacking you from all fronts. And God is going to set up this banquet. And he is going to honor you in front of your enemies while on the battlefield. They're going to see that God not only honors you, but that he's going to bless you and that he is at peace with you. The second question is simply this. Who is the enemy? Now, I could go on and on about the different enemies that you and I are facing, even in this pandemic war. And I've taught about these enemies before. And so what I want to do is I just want to acknowledge them by you just filling in the blanks that you have on your outlines. You have three enemies. The world, your flesh, and the devil. The first enemy that you and I experience in life, even in this pandemic war, is the world. The world around you. Will you write that down? You see, the world is in opposition to God because it likes to worship itself. And so the world is always coming at you. It's always criticizing you. It's always ridiculing you. And you see this in various forms in our world. You see it through racism. You see it through sexism. You see it through favoritism. All kinds of ways. That's the world around you. The second enemy that you and I have is Satan. And will you write this down? Satan is against you. Yes, Satan is alive and well on planet Earth. Satan is real, and he wants to defeat you. God is real. God is even more real than the devil is. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Satan hates you, and he has a terrible plan for your life. In fact, the Bible says that the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Why is that? It's because God loves you, and Satan hates anything or anyone that God loves because he thinks if he can get to you, he'll hurt God. Now, I know that could never happen with God. But you know what? It happens to us, doesn't it, in real life? If you want to get to me, you get to my kids. Or even better yet, you get to my grandkids. That hurts. And so we have the world around us. We have Satan against us. But then the third enemy, and this is the biggest one, my old nature inside of me. Will you write that down? You see, I've discovered that the older you get, the more you come to the realization that you and I are our worst enemies. You and I don't always do what we have intended to do. There is a whole chapter in the Bible about that. It's in Romans 7 where Paul describes, you know, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the bad that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. You and I are our worst enemies. And so the third enemy is you. Now, David says, 
You prepare a banquet in the presence of my enemies. What does that banquet symbolize? Well, it symbolizes two things. I want you to write down this first one. God wants and welcomes fellowship with me. God wants and welcomes fellowship with me. In other words, God wants to hang out with you. This is one of the most amazing truths of the universe. That God created the universe so as to create our solar system. And he created our solar system so that he could create our world. And he created our world in such a way that it would sustain life so that he could create you. God wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to be your friend. And he wants you to be his friend. He wants to hang out with you. And so what he says is, hey, let's get together and let's, let's eat. Let's have dinner. A banquet almost always in Scripture, represents fellowship. When you want fellowship with somebody, oftentimes you'll say, hey, what are you doing for lunch? If you're at work, what are you doing for lunch? Hey, let's go out to eat. I just want you, I just want to spend some time with you just getting caught up. I've been doing that with most of my staff during this COVID time. Not after COVID, but during the time of the battle and war on COVID. And so when God wants to have fellowship with you, he says, hey, let's hang out. Let's, let's eat together. He want, in doing so, he wants to show you how you are welcome and wanted by him. When you are being attacked by the enemy, by the world, by the devil, or even by your own flesh. He wants to do that with you in the presence of of the war that's going on. Take a look at this out of Psalms 5, verse 11. You welcome us with open arms when we run for cover to you. Let the party last all night. Stand guard over our celebration. God says, I know you're in the heat of the battle right now and that the enemies are surrounding you. You are fighting for your job. You're fighting for your health. You're fighting for your relationships. You're fighting for your morality. You're fighting for your dignity. But I want you to understand while that battle is going on, I'm wanting to hang out with you. And I am wanting to encourage you. And so it is a banquet on the battlefield. That banquet is occurring right now with the war on COVID-19. Now, I want you to pause, and I want you to imagine yourself in this scene. Let's go back to the times of Robin Hood, the times of knights and kings and courts. You are in that environment. Imagine it right now. 
And picture in your mind two mountains. One team is on one mountain. We'll call it the G mountain. We'll call it the good mountain. We'll call it God's mountain. The other mountain, another team is on. We'll call it B mountain. We'll call it the bad mountain. You are on the good team. You are on God's team. And the enemy comes down from the mountaintops into the valley for a fight. And they're coming against you. The world, your flesh, and the devil himself. You are just one soldier on the front line of this medieval battle. You are working and fighting hard. You are exhausted. You are scared. You are hungry. The battle is raging around you. It's raging against you. It's raging inside of you. And all of a sudden, without warning, a superior comes and he pulls you off the front lines. You start walking back towards the rear of the battle. And as you are walking back, you see this giant tent with flags erected in the air. It looks like a circus to you. And you begin to think, what in the world is going on here? As you walk closer, the flaps of the tent are up and you can see inside of it. There is a full feast on a table, and you begin to realize that the king, that the, the chief chef has set this up. When you walk a little closer, you begin to see that there is a king's table. It's a hundred feet long or so, made out of the finest wood in the world. It is a table of nobility. And on top of that table is decked your favorite foods. Now, depending where you are at on the scale of a meat eater or a vegan, depends what you see on that table. For me, as a meat eater, I see Hot roast and mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, I'm telling you, that is sweet. Uh, I, I see Cheddarwurst hot dogs with 45 grams of fat that just melts in your mouth. I see ribeyes. I see uh, uh, strip steaks, New York strip steaks. I see uh, beef tenderloin. Man, it is great. That, that's my table right there. For you as a vegan... Notice how I didn't say there were any vegetables on mine. There's no vegetables on mine. But for, as a vegan, you just see all kinds of vegetables. And the flaps of that tent are open, like I've mentioned, so that everyone can see inside of it. And as you step inside of that tent, you hear a loving voice say to you, this is all for you. I made this for you. I planned and I prepared this for you. I want to hang out with you. 
I love you. I miss you. I want you to eat all that you want. You are protected here. I want to have fellowship with you. And you begin to think, how in the world does this king, the master chef, know about me? I am just a lowly soldier on the front line. And yet, as you think about that, you see a banner that resurrects, or I should say is erected higher than any of the others that says, I love and you put in your name. I love Bob. I love Chad. I love Kevin and Joe. I love Lee. I love Andrea. I love Sharon. I love Nancy. I love Davy. I love Chris. I love Christy. I love Cheryl. I love, and your name is there. What I just described to you is exactly what God is talking about doing for you on the battlefield. You prepare a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies because it's got your name on it. Why? Because you're not kind of a big deal. You are a big deal. Song of Solomon in Solomon 2, uh, Song of Solomon 2 4, he said it like this He brings me to his banquet table, and his banner over me is love. You may have never thought of yourself in a way that God is proud of you, but he is. He is proud that you are in the battle. Your heavenly father is proud of you, that you are fighting the enemy off. And he wants you to know that he loves you, that you are a big deal. Now back to this scene. The enemy and everyone sees this going on and they stop the battle. Both sides stop and they start to watch what's going on in this tent. The enemy, however, is dumbfounded. You've got to be kidding me. The king, chef, (laughs) has picked this lowly soldier? He's favoring this person? Now, I want to pause there for a moment. And I want to inject my person into this. I have personally come to discover that when God wants to bless you, there is nothing, nothing that critics can do about it. They may spite you, they may slander you, they may ridicule you, but they can't stop God from blessing you. If God wants to bless your life, they are powerless to stop it. But today is not about my experiences. Today, it's about you. It's about the 
battles that you are in the middle of during this war on COVID-19. It is about God inviting you to his banquet. Take a look at this out of Job 36, 16. God is gently calling you from the jaws of distress to an open place of freedom where he has set your table full of the best food. That is the same metaphor that David used. And in the middle of your battle, God is calling you to hang out. He is whispering in your ear, hey, come over here, let's hang out together. He's wooing you. He's coaxing you. He is tenderly calling you to his banquet. Now let me say this. When you hear his voice, take up his invitation because it's worth it. Why? Why do that? Because he's calling you out of the jaws of distress. You remember Jaws? Dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Remember the movie Jaws? I have a question for you. What's eating at you right now in the middle of this war? And don't think that it's over with because it's not. What, what's eating at you? What's eating your lunch? What's nipping at your heels? What's got you worried and fearful and anxious in the middle of this war? Whatever it is, guess what? Those things are the jaws of distress. And as I have said Your enemies may criticize you, they may attack you, they may demean you, they may disregard you, they may dismiss you like you are insignificant, you are a non-essential. But God wants to have fellowship. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to feed you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you new sustenance. You need refreshment. And he says to you, it's all there on the table. I've thought it through. I've prepared it. I am the king chef. And I've prepared it for you in the middle not at the end, at the, in the middle of the ba- valley. Here's the second thing I want you to write down about what this banquet means. God wants to bless you to show the world his goodness. You are a trophy of God's grace. You and I don't deserve the banquet that's laid out, that's been prepared for us. He's done this out of his love. You are exhibit A of God's grace. 
Take a look at Psalms 31, verse 9. Your goodness is so great, you have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. God says, I want to bless your life so all people will know how special you are. To have them think, wow, that person is really blessed. How is it that God favors them? Oh, oh, they're honored because they know Jesus. You see, it says, I've stored up blessings, great blessings for those who honor me. I want you to circle the phrase stored up. That indicates that advanced planning has occurred. It means God plans what he's going to do for you, folks, before it even happens. It's stored up. It's planned in advance. Now, let's apply this to our life right now in the circumstances that we're in. Like I've said before, we're all going through the same storm, right? We're not all in the same boat, but we're all going through the same storm. So let's apply this right now to what we're all going through this storm. You know the battle that you are particularly in right now. The one that's got your knuckles white. The one that's got your teeth clenched. The one where you are holding on for dear life because you don't know if you're going to win. The battle of your finances. The battle of your relationships. The battle with your kids. The battle with your marriage. The battle with your morality. The battle with your dignity. God comes along in the middle of that battle and he says, I have prepared a banquet for you in the presence of all your enemies. He has already stored up blessings for you. He has already prepared the victory celebration for you. Why? Because he knows what the outcome is going to be. How you are going to keep honoring God with your life. How you're going to keep honoring God with your body. How you're going to keep honoring God in your marriage. How you're going to keep honoring God with your kids. How you're going to keep honoring God with your mind. How you're going to keep honoring God with your behavior and your actions. Even when everybody else and everything else around you is attacking. He knows that you're going to win. And so God says, I know that you've got this. And I know that you're winning, that you're in the battle. And so I have prepared this banquet for you. I've thought it through. You see, God knows that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And that you're just going to keep plugging one foot 
after another. And he delights in your victories. They may be small. They may be big. They may be what you would consider insignificant, not to God, but to you. But with God, they are huge. And he delights in your success, whatever it may be. Take a look at this verse in Psalms 35, 27. I love this verse. May my friends sing and shout for joy. May they always say, praise the greatness of the Lord. He loves to see his servants do well. Or he loves to see his servants succeed. I love that verse. Because God loves your success. They may be small. They may be large. They may be little ones. They may be big ones. God loves to celebrate your successes. And God has put all kinds of promises in his word about this. All you and I have to do is we have to walk to the tent. We have to sit down and have some fellowship with God. And we need to begin eating on those. And so my last question is simply this. What's on the menu? Will you write this down? Everything that God has promised in his word. Everything that God's promised in his word. The promises of God. There are over 5,000 promises in God's word. And they are all yes in Christ Jesus. Question. Have you eaten any of them during this pandemic war? The banquet table is set. It's maybe sitting on your bookshelf in the way of the Bible. Everything that God has for you, for your life, for every aspect of your life, it's in the book. And if you are not reading the book, guess what? You don't know what's on the menu. The book, the Bible, is full of fruit and bread and meat and milk and drinks and wine and desserts. The Bible is called, yes, the Word of God. But it's also called the bread of life, the meat of the Word, the milk of the Word. The Bible says it's sweeter than honey, that, that it satisfies. To where you go, like, what about Bob, that movie? Mm, 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 mm. Over and over and over again, banquet terms are used to describe the Bible. You can feast anytime, anywhere when you got your Bible. You can feast in the morning at the breakfast table. You can have a feast on your lunch break at work. You can have a feast when you get into bed to retire from the day. As long as you start reading God's word, God's promises for you. 
And when you do, what will happen is you will see your anger, your anxiety, the tensions within start to come down. And the reason why they're up is because more than likely that banquet has been left on the bookshelf. But if you will pull it off the bookshelf, and begin eating the promises that the king chef has provided for you, you will see the tensions, your stresses, your anger begin to be lowered. Think about it. If God has provided a feast, why would you eat a social media granola bar when he has prepared this lavish banquet for you? That is like starving yourself of necessary nutrients. Notice what the psalmist says in Psalms 119, verse 103. The promises of your word taste sweet to me. They taste sweeter than honey in my mouth. Do you have a bad taste in your mouth as a result of COVID war 19? Have you been eating on the promises of God's word? If you're not spending time in God's word, let me tell you what's in your mouth. Just gravel rocks. Are you feasting or are you fasting from God's word? God never shuts his blessings until you shut the book. God has promises for you. But if you're not reading the book, you won't be able to apply them to see God begin to work in your battles. And so as your pastor coach, you've got to be in God's word, reading God's promises every day. It's a banquet and it's for you. And if you're not eating the food that is on the banquet table, you're not growing. In fact, you're not going to be very healthy. My guess is if you are a regular person, you eat three square meals a day, and you're probably pretty healthy, okay? Maybe too healthy. But if you only ate one square meal every three months, you wouldn't be too healthy. If you're only eating God's banquet, once in a while, how healthy are you going to be in a war? Take a look at this. We need constant feeding. It's Psalms 36, 7, and 9. How precious, O Lord, O God, is your constant love. We find protection under the shadow of your wings. We feast on the abundant food you provide. You let us drink from the river of your goodness. You are the source of all life, and because of your light, we see the light. So let me encourage you again to have a daily diet of God's word with God's promises. Look at Psalms 34, verse, verse 8. Learn to savor how good the Lord is. Do you do that? Are you... Like Bob in the movie, What About Bob? Mm-mm, Do you savor God's word? 
I want you to listen very closely. What you think of God of the Bible will determine how much you savor it. If you think of the Bible like a textbook, like a school book, you will read it once and you will be done with it. I don't want any more homework. If you think of the Bible as a history book, you might read it occasionally just to get caught up on those old, good old stories. If you think of it as an, uh, as an insurance policy, have you ever read an insurance policy? I doubt it. Too many legalese in it. I just don't understand it. And so what do you do with an insurance policy? You just sign it. I got it, okay? And more than likely, you'll never read it. But what is God's Word? It is His love letter to you, saying to you, you aren't kind of special. You are special. It's God's love letter. I will never forget when Cheryl and I were dating that she went on a major vacation with her family to Europe. And we were separated for a number of weeks. She abandoned me, okay? (laughs) Not really, but she was gone. And back then, during the dinosaur days, they didn't have cell phones that you could just pick up and go through WhatsApp or whatever. No, you had to use an old-fashioned phone. And it cost a dollar to three dollars a minute, depending on when and where you were calling from. And so Cheryl and I never called one another. She just sent postcards. And every time they got in, I couldn't wait to read them. And I would read them again and again and again. I would look at every word and just drink it in. So too with God's word. It's God's love letter to you. And if there's anything that you do during this war that we are in, get in to God's word because God wants to strengthen you not after the battle he wants to strengthen you in the present during it now there is one other thing I want to mention this phrase you prepare for me a banquet in the presence of my enemies is both for the present, for the now, but also for later, for the future. Right now, God wants to strengthen you. He wants you to eat from the banquet table. But the banquet table is also a later thing. It's about the future. And that banquet is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a future banquet that God is going to prepare for you and for me. And it's mentioned in Isaiah 25. And I want you 
to listen to this as we close. The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of the finest food for all people. I want you to stop there. All means all, all the time. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. It doesn't matter what culture you come from, what your religious background is. You may be Baptist, you may be Buddhist, you you may be a Presbyterian, you may be an Anglican. It really doesn't matter what your religious background is. It doesn't matter what your political affiliations are. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or whether you are a Democrat. It doesn't matter whether you are an atheist or an agnostic. It's for all people. And it goes on, a banquet of the best of meats. I want you to circle that, okay? For you meat eaters out there, there's going to be meat for you, okay? Uh, Cheryl, I want you to circle. My wife is a vegan, so I want her to circle that. And then the finest wine. Circle the word wine there. Jeff, I got a buddy named Jeff, and he is a wine connoisseur. And on this mountain... There's a good mountain and then there's a bad mountain. On this mountain, God will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people. What is a shroud? It is a sheet that covers a person that has died. It is a symbol of gloom and doom. But one day, as it says there, God's going to do away with the gloom and doom, with, with death. And he goes on. And the sheet that covers all nations. What? What's a sheet? What's he talking about there? He's talking about grief. He's talking about the broken world that we live in. Everything in our world is broken. Our health is broken. Our bodies are broken. Our governments are broken. Our health systems are broken. Our minds are broken. Everything's broken. He's talking about One day that's all going to be done away with. And he will swallow up death. One day the final enemy is going to be put into the grave. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. And he will remove the disgrace of people from all the earth. What is the disgrace? It's those put downs. It's those criticisms. It's those rejections. It's for those times that you have stood up and said, you know what? I'm a Christian. I don't do those kinds of things. It's the times where you have declared truth when it was uncomfortable in the war that was going on around you and you got persecuted for that. And he goes on and he says, and in that day, what day is that? Banquet day. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And they will say, surely this is our God. He tr- we trusted in Him and He saved us. Yes, this is the Lord. We trusted in Him. So let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. When you are in a war, like we are right now, a pandemic war, Don't trust him after the war is over. Trust him while you're in the war. 
while the enemy is surrounding you. Because if you do, he will sustain you in the present. And one day in the future, you will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, the final banquet, and all your enemies will see you watching with your king chef. And that will be a glorious day. We're going to celebrate that in a moment as we recognize those soldiers and loved ones who have gone before us to give us the blessings that we have. But before we do, we're going to offer up our offerings to God. We're going to pass the plate virtually. And so get out your little computers, laptops, iPads, your iPhones, whatever, and you can text 273256 the word Life Point Church, and you can give your offerings. If you need prayer, you can see it on the screen where you, what you need to text and where you need to text it to. Let's go ahead and let's take a moment just to pause and to give thanks for those who have sacrificed for us. Lord, we thank you on this day as we are in the middle of a war, an invisible war with some virus called COVID-19 that we can pause and we can thank, pause and give thanks reflecting on those that have gone before us who have given their lives for our freedom for maybe loved ones that have been in the service maybe an aunt or an uncle maybe a brother or a sister God we want to thank you for their service God we want to ask you that you would honor them that you would bless them we think of the war that we are in right now and for all the the, the medical people that are on the front lines of this, God. We, we thank you for them, God. They, we're grateful for them. We thank you for every person because truly every person in this invisible war is, is vital, is essential, God. We ask you, God, that you would just be protecting them and blessing them. And God, mostly we thank you for you because you have gone before us and by your grace, you sacrificed your life so that we could have a banquet of food that would sustain us in times like this, that would give us strength to look forward to the future, to what lies ahead, the, the day of victory when all our enemies will be put asunder, God. And we thank you for that. And so, God, we lift this up to you. We praise you, God, that you are the king chef. You're the major chef. You are a good God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.